And I'm joined in studio now by uh, Nolene Riley, who's uh, our Sinn Féin councillor for Ballymun. Good morning, Nolene. Good morning, John. Thanks Thank, very much. Thanks very, very much for coming in to me. And we're going to talk about recent events up in Ballymun, like the closure of the motor tax office and different other things. Mm-hmm. But be, before we get into that, I have to ask you, <laughs> and, you're, and you're laughing, because you know what's coming. Um, what's Sinn Féin's stance on the water charges? There's a bit of confusion. As I, as I said, we covered the protests, mm-hmm. and an awful lot of people are saying, Hold on here. The, the leadership of Sinn Féin are saying they're, they're, they're paying their water charges. Could we just clarify the Sinn Féin's Stance position? Absolutely yeah, yeah. no problem. Sinn Féin is and always has been opposed to the water charges. And if elected to government in the 26 counties, we will abolish the water charges. And we've produced a fully costed budget proposal, which will show where we would get the alternative sums of money. So, like, there is no ambiguity on our position. What we aren't doing is telling people not to pay. That has to be a choice for individual families. Some people within our party are paying, some aren't. I won't be paying my water charges, but that's a choice I've made. I don't believe for one second that non-payment of water charges is going to abolish them. I have people coming to me that didn't pay the bin charges and that's over a decade ago and are still paying them off because they were led up the garden path by certain elements of society telling them if you don't pay your bin charges, you know, they'll be abolished, they'll go away. That's not going to happen. The only way the water charges are going to be abolished is by a change of government. Yeah, and uh, the water charges is not like the property tax because revenue isn't really involved. It's a, more or less a private company, so they can't sort of say to you, we're taking out of your wages or your... No, they your can't. Social. Like um, They can turn down the pressure. They can bring you to court. It can affect your credit ratings. Like I don't, as, as I said previously, I just don't accept that non-payment is going to abolish the water charges. It, it, like, it didn't work with the property tax, even though, the re- yeah, as you said, revenue were able to take money from people's mm. bank account. But the household charge, which originally came in, um, that was €100. Euro. Like People that didn't pay it, they then ended up having to pay 200 euros. I was one of those people and I had no choice but to pay it because I actually couldn't stand in the election if I owed Dublin City Council money. So there was a bit of ambiguity around that. So I had no no choice but to pay that. I don't want to see people in a situation where in two or three years time they have racked up thousands of euros worth of debt on water charges and then they're coming to me and other people in Sinn Féin saying, you told us not to pay our water charges. I want to make this very clear. We are not telling people to pay their water charges, but we are 100% committed to abolishing water charges. If, 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 if elected to government, yeah. And just to say, we did stop water charges coming in in the north. We have a track record, a track record as a party on this. They, um, they were going to bring them into the assembly in 2007, and our minister Conor Murphy stopped them coming in. So we do have a track record on this. Okay, well, it's great to get clarity on that. And as you say, some Sinn Féin people will pay and some won't. Yeah, exactly. And that's like every organisation. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be an individual yeah. choice for each family because it's, it's that family that will, will be left with that debt, that burden. Okay. Well, thanks for that. No problem. Okay, now, we've a, good, a lot here to discuss and we've only got about 20 minutes left. So, uh, the closures in Ballymun, mm-hmm. the motor tax office, for one, uh, the, the Towers pub, that's closing down. What? Why is that closing down? Well, there's a, there's a number of things closing down in Ballymun, and it is really disappointing to see, considering we're at the end of a regeneration period. Um, to start off with the motor tax office, they're telling me that um, it's not needed. Most of the business is now done online, which I'm, I'm sure like a huge amount of business is done online. But like I've never been in that motor tax office in Ballymun where it hasn't been queues and queues of people. Like it's one of the only ones left open in Dublin. 
It brought a huge amount of business to the area and it's very disappointing to see that now leaving Ballymun, jobs being gone, any sort of extra um, addition to the local economy that would have had from people coming into the area to use the motor tax office is now going to be gone. Like I was talking to them, Robert Murphy who manages Super Value and, and he was saying it's going to affect his business hugely Like because like anyone that knows that went into the Civic Centre, went into the motor tax office, it was always busy. So it is really disappointing to see that leave Ballymun. The Towers pub, what happened there was... Um as, as you know, NAM had a stake in um, the Ballymun Shopping Centre yeah. and then Dublin City Council owned the other half. Dublin City Council bought over um, the balance of that stake and also the Towers pub with a view to demolishing the shopping centre eventually after after they're able to detenant it. So the process at the moment, what is happening is they're detenanting everyone from the shopping centre um, the last I heard they hoped that would be done by the end of the year I don't think it will be I, I think those negotiations will go on longer because people have different leases and licences and some people will you know will look, will look obviously and rightly so fight for better terms like because um, it's important that we don't lose any of those businesses from Ballymun that it's not a case that you know they're leaving the shopping centre and that's them gone like we need to find alternative units for them within the local area yeah, and uh, we spoke before, and I, I think we we mentioned that uh, the people in Ballymun are inclined to walk down to the shops and do their shopping there, whereas other places they might do it online or have it delivered. But it, it, the the shopping was actually a, a social. Thing. Oh, it completely was like, and that element is gone. And 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 it's funny that you say that because a lot of people would say that about the towers as well. That it was yeah. very much <laughs> um, like people would go in for the pint in mm. the morning, you know, and have a chat with people. So that's gone. Like and like once the shopping centre is gone, like and the little cafes in it that people go into are gone. Like th- that whole social environment will be gone because there isn't, you know, we're not inundated with cafes or pubs in the area for people to go into and have a little chat with their neighbour or whatever. Like, so that is a worrying element um, we have there's a new Ballymun Civic Alliance set up at the moment and one of their strategic aims will be economic development of Ballymun like, and I sit I sit on that um, and I, look, I, I'm looking forward to what we can do uh, and try and develop Ballymun but certainly I think it, it, it needs a, a government approach um, the Department of Environment need to commit to providing extra funding for Ballymun they've cut the capital budget since 2008 for the regeneration which has meant that we don't have the shopping centre, we don't have the Metro North, we don't have a lot of developments that we were promised in the master plan of the regeneration which is why like economic regeneration Ballymun is so much behind the social and the environmental. So has, has everything more or less come to a standstill? Are you, I think the last time you spoke you were saying you were, people were hoping that uh, one of the big supermarkets were going to take over that wasteland there just across yeah, the Yeah, at Balcoris um, the land at Balcoris just it's a, a cross from the existing Ballymun shopping centre that went up for sale and um, I, I don't think you know Dublin City Council were, were happy with the tenders they got back so it it was re-advertised again recently and a bigger size of land was was given so um, the last I've heard on that now is that they have got a couple of tenders in for it that um 
that may 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 be suitable like so I'm hoping some sort of development can be done there but like you know as you know these things we're still talking maybe five six yeah. seven years away yeah. like because it's very much in the development stage yet so people will be left without a shopping centre for that length of time and it just means people are leaving Ballymun then to do their shopping like which you know that's money leaving the area which is the last thing we want. Okay, and we were talking about the the social element involved in the the towers and the the supermarket, and you mentioned restaurants. I've often been up at the Axis, and the little restaurant in in there beside you, it's it's always very, very busy. Which I actually had my breakfast there this morning. I was meeting a constituent, so I says, I'll I'll go in there and have my breakfast. No, it's great. Like The Axis Centre, it has to be one of the best things to come out of the regeneration. It is a fantastic facility. The theatre in there, um, the restaurant, as you said, like, uh, there's a, a number of different community groups that are based in that centre. It really is now. I have to be honest. Like that's one of the best things that have come out of regeneration. Yeah, it's centre, great. Yeah. It's yes. great that we have it in Ballymun because it itself, the theatre there, and they have a lot of homegrown productions are bringing people into the area from all over Dublin. So we're very happy that that that's there. Yeah, my daughter does the dance and drama up there with oh, St. Really? Michael's yeah. house. And ah, just, great. They, they love it. It's great. You know, it's fantastic. Yeah, they have a studio um, um, underneath as well, so you can That's record right, yeah. music yeah. and, and all they, that. They, they've put on plays up there, and the, yeah. the, the little theatre is lovely as well. Yeah. It's very yeah, cosy and compact. But uh, we're going to move on. I just want to stress that we're not, we're not going to be completely negative about Ballymun. You know, mm-hmm. we will, there will be a bit of uh, good news at the end of the conversation, <laughs> hopefully. But um, there was a. a we go. We go to the, the playground. The, yeah. the playground was vandalised, and mm-hmm. you know that's it's horrible that these things are being are happening. Yeah. What, what can be done about that? Or just uh, to stress, like these things are happening all over yeah. Dublin, yeah. and it's not Ballymun. And we'd be wrong to sit here to think that Ballymun is the only community affected by it. It's not. Um, there's a huge amount of problems with playgrounds all over Dublin. The one in Poppentry Park, over 8 million went into it and again it's another fantastic facility. I live right across from it. I love it. It's brilliant. We've swans in the park. We've wetlands there. We've a playground. Um, we've, you know, it really is a great facility but unfortunately as anywhere there's a few small elements in society that just want to wreck everybody else's um, everybody else's activities and any facilities that are in the area now they didn't completely demolish the playground like it's you know most of it is still there but it's just like it's just really disappointing now that anyone would think that it's that's an okay thing to do that somehow that's fun that's a bit of crack like when young children in the area use that playground and it's not just that playground there's parks all over Bally that um, that are like at night and at the weekends there's a huge amount of antisocial behaviour in them and I really like I have a motion going forward to the Northwest Area meeting next week just asking for greater security around these parks because they're causing a lot of problems for the residents that live nearby and also the people that want to use the parks like Balcourse Park is after being done up there and it's again yeah. it's fantastic but again that experiences a lot of problems like and it's not acceptable for the nearby residents to have to live there, to have to endure that. We all want parks in Ballymun. Believe me, no one wants to see any green space gone. But if people are going to keep wrecking them and wrecking them, they're not going to get repaired and they're just going to go into greater and greater disrepair. Yeah, they set fire to a, a 
one, a swing or I something? Sw- like, yeah, it's um, a slide and they set fire to the back of it. Like, so Because I went over the next day and there were still kids playing on it. Like So I, I got onto the council and asked them to close it off because it was a bit dangerous. But um, the council are looking for quotes at the moment to try and get it get it repaired like yeah. so but I just hope it's like there's just been a number of issues in that park particularly um, last year there was a number of swans killed in the park like um, it's just it, it's, it's disappointing there is security on it but I, I, I think it needs greater security yeah. to be honest Is it left open then? No it's um, it's supposed to be locked but look any with anything it's yeah. very easy to get into just these get things into it, yeah, yeah it's, it's not difficult you know and then, then you mentioned security there. That all needs uh, financing. And yeah, that's funds. the problem. Like you know, but I just think when you're building something like that and you've invested so much money in it that um, you need to protect it. You need to make sure that it stays there. Like because it's certainly one of the biggest assets we have in Ballymun, and I wouldn't like to see a continuation of the activity that happened there a number of weeks ago. Um, like I go over there just for a walk, clear the head, you know, yeah. every people walk their dogs there, people bring their kids there, like um, people go and feed the swans and the ducks and it's just, um, you wouldn't think in, in Ballymun in the middle of the city that we have swans yeah. going around the place, but uh, look, it, it's, it's just, it really is a great park and I just hope those that were responsible realise the consequence yeah Yeah. like uh, look it's mind boggling that anyone would think that's fun like to be honest doing that sort of thing so that's just we stress again it's a minority ah yeah and like anyone thinks that it's great community spirit yeah I know was it FM 104 I think done a programme on it and I don't know whether they're trying to put a slant on it to suggest somehow that this is oh, activity only happens in Ballymun, like you know. Yeah. But look, it's happening everywhere, and I, I don't think, to be honest, there is a serious need for greater guard or resources in areas um, like the cut in the frontline services of the Gardaí has been has had a serious effect on communities. Like, and this is a problem why a lot of these activities are happening because when when people are making calls at calls to the Gardaí, the return time isn't as the call. You know, it, it's not as quick as it should be. Like, and and that's because they're they're under so much pressure. Yeah, and there have been closures as well. Like, I was yeah. very surprised to hear that the the Garda station and. Whitehall down on the Swords Road. Yeah, that's it's closed, closed a number of years actually now, and the Santry station is scaled back. So a lot of, a lot of um, the calls are going through Ballymun now without any extra resources. Yeah. So you can understand the pressure that that's putting on the Ballymun Garda station. Um, like I actually the day after that incident in the park, and it was two days after, I called the Gardaí about another incident in the park and. Um, like it was hours before they came out so mm. like that isn't helping like they're just so under resourced and if the government are saying like we have an extra one billion yesterday they should have looked at putting that into some frontline services Okay and um, that leads us into a report I think it was a couple of months ago this is another negative thing but, mm-hmm. but uh, there was a report that said that uh, Ballymun has about the, the least percentage of uh, young people in second level education Mm-hmm. And unemployment is high. Yeah, um, like, that is a problem in Ballymun, yeah. and we have identified that um, as an as an area that needs serious um, serious need, needs to be looked at. Um, like, like it, it's when you come out of like I keep repeating myself when you come out of any regeneration period, and you still have these problems, you have to look 
at whether what you done during the regeneration was it successful like you know we have a number of great community centres the access centre the parks and a lot of people got new housing but what else was there there like what social change was there in Ballymun like what opportunities were given to young people very little and um I, regeneration can't just be about bricks like it has to yeah. be about more than that and I think that's why like you're still seeing a problem with huge unemployment with um, kids going to third level education with kids going to school at all so um, like the government and Department of Education need to look at that seriously Okay and it all comes back to the same thing funding, funding and, yeah. you know investment well, look, in you know area. you can't decide you're going to have one of the biggest regenerations across Europe. You have it in Ballymun and then decide halfway through it, oh, we're going to cut funding for this and we're going to cut it every year. Like, you're, you're, like the regeneration is not complete and anyone that says it is, they're in cloud cuckoo land. And until the extra resources are are put back into Ballymun, then the regeneration won't be finished and there will be a number of developments left idle. Like, there's development land all over the place in Ballymun like, that won't get developed because the government have pulled funding. We don't have a Metro North, as I said. All these things would have added to unemployment or added to employment in the area. Yeah. And, you know, I think the government were left, you know, left wanting on that. Yeah, and education and training will yep. uh, young yep. people will be We more have the Youth Guarantee Scheme. That's been piloted in Ballymun. Um, I don't think, you know, look, I'm going to welcome any sort of pilot scheme like that. I think it needs to be rolled out across the country, but I also think greater funding needs to be put into that. Um, there's like a number of, of young people that are involved in those schemes have said to me that, you know, they're being put into courses that they're that not initially where their interest lies. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, we have to match up young people's interests with what what's out there like yeah, there is there is a problem there with these training courses and uh, people being told, look, you're, you have to do this training course or your money's going to be yeah, cut, exactly. Cut like and, and like some of them are over in Mulhudder, you yeah. know, there's no buses or there's like there's all sorts of problems. Like you know, and I know people say, oh well, look, sure, you know, you, you know, you have to make an effort and you do have to make an effort and you do have to go to these courses, but you also have to make it accessible for young people and make it interesting for young people. Yeah, I, I actually know a girl and she's big into dancing and teaching dancing to children and she wanted a course and doing this and there was two available and what was it? They sent, sent her on a, a course for, for taxation. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dear. But anyway, now, that's has to be a lot of negativity there but I know because I've interviewed, say, Tidy Towns people Yeah, I'm a member of Tidy Towns, yeah. I forget the name of the girl that I... That I if he was going back now, what? Well, Lynn. Was it Lynn Boylan? It was. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, but uh, that's, that's a positive development. And you mentioned um, re- the rediscovery. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, well, um, the old boiler house in Ballymun has received, I think it's over three million worth of funding to redevelop that, um, to move the rediscovery centre in there. So it will just be a complete recycling unit and it will put on training courses and, and different things. Like at the moment, uh, where they are based, they have like sewing courses and dressmaking courses and bike repair courses, you name it. Like, So um, it's great that that's happening in Ballymun. Like, it's fantastic. And I actually put a question to 
to the council last week and um, just asking for a social clause within any sort of tendering process that went out on that and they come back to me and they said that they would be putting that in which meant that where possible they would be looking to employ local people in any development there so that's that's great for that's the area That's a positive move that's a move yeah, in the right direction That is a move in the right direction so any other development like that in Ballymun like I, I think this is also one of the issues around the unemployment because there was so much construction work going on in Ballymun local people didn't really benefit from that like they didn't get the job opportunities so I think going forward we have to make sure that local people are putting themselves up for these jobs are getting them which is going to have a huge impact on the local economy if people in the area are working they're able to spend their yeah. money locally like everything has a domino effect really and just to say on the Tidy Towns Awards, we recently won numerous awards at the Dublin, <laughs> I might as well get me spoken, at the Dublin City Neighbourhood Awards. Yeah. Like it seemed to have been Ballymun's night and a Rediscovery Centre, I think, won three awards. So it, like yeah, there's a lot of great environmental projects in Ballymun. Um, it's one of our strengths, to be honest, and the community really come together. Yeah, the community, a great community. Oh, brilliant. Right absolutely brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. And we mentioned the axes. It's great. Oh, great. yeah. There's so much around Ballymun, like it's 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 just it's tw- it's twigging the other things and, and unemployment and the economic side of things is is certainly where where we need to look at next. Okay, well you're obviously very very passionate about Ballymun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little. <laughs> um, just going back down to the water charges. You actually told me a little funny story there. You organised a, a demonstration. Yes, um, Yes, I've organised a protest. Myself and Desi LSTD have organised a protest for tomorrow evening in Ballymun. Um, it's at six o'clock right in front of the shopping centre on the island. We organise, as people will know, um, a lot of protests there. Like, um, So I hope anyone that's available to attend can turn up. Like That protest is being organised. Um, and you are going to. Yeah, I am going. It's quite funny because... Um, a number of the don't pay campaigns are are actually have been on to me. Are you going to the protest on Thursday night? And I'm like, yes, we organised it. Of course, we're going to it. But um, it'll be look. We've been organising protests against the water charges for years around the area. Like it's nothing new to us. Um, I think like the don't pay campaign have been very good in getting their message across. I think it's the wrong message to be given people. I think it's an irresponsible message to be given people. But um, look, the message is out there. It's up to people whether they want to pay or not. I'll support them either way. Yeah, and the, the public, the, the, the huge turnout there last week. Yeah, yeah look, you know, and look, so many people are, are opposed to water charges. Like, we already pay for them in our taxation system. Um, the property tax was used to set up Irish Water. That money should have gone into local services in Dublin, and it didn't, you know. And we only got, I think it was 2.7 million last year from uh, from over 50 million the year before because um, the government took money from the property tax and put it in setting up of Irish water so that's like that's money that Dublin yeah. City lost for local services now people are getting very very annoyed and it's, yeah. it's actually you can see it now on the streets like it, water is a right yeah. and you know like of course I think you know we need to look at how we use water and we need to conserve it more and you know first of all actually we need to look at the leaks in the system because that's a huge thing over 43% of water is lost through leaks in the system and yet nothing has been done to rectify that and and you know are people going to be paying for water that's been leaked out of the system before it even enters their homes like you know there's a lot of unanswered questions about Irish water and what's going to happen and I think that has led to a lot of uncertainty and a lot of worry for 
people, which is why people are so angry. Like it's so difficult to get an answer, a simple answer to a question on Irish water. It's just impossible. Yeah, I know. And I know there was a headline in the paper there a couple of weeks ago. If you don't fill out your, your farms, you'll yep. be charged 400 and odd euro. And it's, it's like bully tactics. And it's it, scaremongering, and it, like, it, you know. It annoys me because elderly people will read that. And yeah. It's more, heaping more worry on them. Yeah, like, like they haven't put in, they haven't put in the vast majority of metres around, they haven't put in any metres in Ballymun anyway. Like, I know they've some in Santry, um, but a lot of areas don't have metres yet. So any bills people are getting are going to be estimated. Yeah. Like, so how can you charge someone a, a utility bill, a, a service that they're supposed to be using when you don't know what they're using? Like, it's just, it's crazy. The, the way they've set it up is ridiculous, like. I say it a lot. It's it's just another one of these things that wasn't thought through. No, it wasn't. Fianna Fáil signed us up to that with the Trico in 2010 under the memorandum of understanding because they we needed the bailout. Like and this government has has followed through with that, but they haven't. You know, they haven't taken anybody's concerns. Like people don't want to pay for water. I'm sure there's a lot of things people don't want to pay for, but people see water as a right. Like we're an island, we're surrounded by water. Like it rains most of the time in Ireland, and yet we don't conserve any of it. Like okay. it's crazy. Now, if people want to contact you, do you want to give out the contact details? Yeah, well, look, you can contact me. Um, my mobile is 087-633-6233. My email address is nolene, N-O-E-L-E-E-N, dot Riley, R-E-I-L-L-Y, at sinnfein.ie. And I'm on Facebook and Twitter as well. Okay. So that's 087-633-6237, was it? 6233. 6233. Right, I can't read my own writing. <laughs> Okay, and you don't mind people ringing on your, your mobile? No, people ring me all the time on my mobile. Yeah, yeah. People ring me at nine o'clock this morning on my mobile. Yeah. It's the life of a local counsellor. <laughs> Fair play to you. That's, that's the job I signed up to, so... Okay, well, Nolly and Riley, thank you very much well, for Thanks very much for having me, John. And, um, we'll podcast this and people can listen. Again. Great.